What it do, baby? It's your host, Lauren, back at it again with another episode of Akata Girl Chronicles. We talk all things dealing with black empowerment and culture, celebrating the wild side, embracing the duality of our humanity. To my lovely listeners, please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. It's going to be available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, and I think other podcast platforms as well. Um, but please rate, subscribe, and comment on you know this week's episode and future episodes or past episodes, I should say. Um, and also feel free to hit me up on my social media. You can find me at Akata Girl the Podcast on IG and on Twitter. I'm Akata Girl underscore. So um, yeah, I'm always looking for opening feedback and collabs and content. So. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind everyone that on Saturday, the National Black United Front is going to be hosting a community service day. We'll be making 200 care packages to hand deliver in the Southeast D.C. community. Then immediately after, we'll be having a community cleanup day, just picking up trash and beautifying the neighborhood. This is going to be a great opportunity to bring the youth out for service, or if you are, if you yourself are looking to do some community service hours, we'll sign off on any paper work you need after at least two hours of service so if you come and join us if you stay for at least two hours we'll be able to sign off on any paperwork that you may need for us to sign off on um, and also I want to uh, remind everyone that we are still hosting our Black August fundraiser this is going to be going out to support political prisoners and their families so look out for that information on my social media page as well all right so to get into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode, I um, it's recently come out that Jay-Z has signed a deal with the NFL to produce the Halftime Super Bowl show and partner on several different social justice initiatives. Um, and if you're looking for more details on the actual deal itself, I suggest you use Google because that's not going to be what I want to be talking about, right? I'm not going to get into the detail and the nitty-gritty of all of that. Um, I'm just going to focus on three main points that I want to get across when it comes to this type of situation, right? Um, So first thing is Jay-Z is receiving backlash because of the NFL deal, um, because of the association with Kaepernick, right? Kaepernick three years ago was um, kneeling and got kicked out of the NFL or not kicked out, but uh, no one would sign him after he left the, I forgot, what was it, 49ers or whatever the case is? I don't even know what team he was on. But um, he got kicked out of the NFL and, you know, basically he was kneeling for for social justice and bringing awareness to police brutality within the black community. So uh, that happened about three years ago. Now, I also want to make a really point, a good point here is that Kaepernick since then has won a collusion lawsuit against the NFL for an undisclosed amount, which I'm sure is going to range in the multi-million area, as well as a Nike deal that is also a multi a multi million dollar deal. So keep in mind that Kaepernick is also what we would call a capitalist in this area where he he has means and he has money and he has done great things, social justice initiatives on his own. Um, so I celebrate him for that as well as Jay Z has done social justice initiatives on his own, right? But I'm gonna get to that in a second. So the reason why I see that I can see how 
Jay-Z deal is an issue is because if the NFL was so concerned about social justice initiatives and wanted to infuse um, and infuse that into their rebranding, quote-unquote, um, then why not just get Kaepernick to do that? Why not make a place for him on the field? You know, why wasn't Cap invited to the table? You know what I mean? Now, he's already signed an NDA and he's already won his losses, so Kaepernick has already made, you know, the NFL and Kaepernick have already done their deal and their their business with each other, right? Um, so I understand why it looks as though when Jigaman comes into the picture is this confusion, right? Cap opens the door for the issues to be talked about, but then he's tossed out because of it. Jay-Z comes in, swoops in, and lets everyone know, you know, we're past kneeling, right? Now, now, now I want to touch on that quote of past kneeling, right? We He said something to the effect of we're past kneeling and it's time to move forward to actionable items, right? Something about that statement to me just didn't sit well with my spirit. And I want to reference or I'll quote um, activist, author and policy expert Brittany Packnett. She uh, uh, did a she did a series of tweets. And one that really stood out to me was that this is bigger than Cap and Jay-Z. There has to be a strategy of both protest and policy to create an effective change, right? So those two things have to go in hand. Kaepernick's protest created, um, gave attention, right? It created an, a, a, a platform that now Jay-Z was able to leverage to create this deal. So for historical reference, like when Martin Luther King Jr. organized the marches in Selma, he used that pressure from the marches to create leverage so that when he sat down with um, LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, to talk about the Civil Rights Bill, he uh, they had to understand that this is beyond a political force now. People are in the streets about this now. So that's the same idea that's going on here. Kaepernick created a protest that caused a a media storm. You know, we were talking about it for months even. You know, both sides were just talking about it for months and months on end. So he's created this platform that now Jay-Z gets to come in and leverage on. So I see why he's getting that backlash, right? So... But we also have to understand that in order to create that leverage, that pressure had to be there. One can't work without the other. So I feel like Kaepernick and Jay-Z, they should have worked together on this. But I still see the, the, the how the organizing and the came about, right? So that's the first thing. The second layer to the issue is the criticism of Jay-Z being a hyper-capitalist. Now, mind you, like I said, um, Kaepernick is also a multimillionaire, right? He has several deals. He donates millions. He has creative foundations. He is what he is also a man of means, right? He's not poor. Okay. Um, so now I myself, I'm a newbie when it comes to learning and understanding the ills of capitalism. I'm not well versed enough to say that I'm an anti-capitalist or I'm staunch a believer that capitalism is, you know, so wrong for people. Um, I'm still studying Kwame Torre. I'm still studying, you know, Marxism. I'm still studying those things. So I, I'm leaning on my own understanding here. Um, but I do know greed, power, and exploitation when I see it, right? Now, I don't want to be confused with saying that the acquiring money or creating generational wealth are bad things. That's not, that's not the message here. But 
we have to understand that criticizing a system that is built on exploitation, suffering, and overall detriment of others, that is what's being criticized. And a prime example of how that system comes into play is the transatlantic slave trade. That is a capitalist, like if when we talk about capitalism, that is it right there, using other people's labors and exploiting other people's labors for a profit. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about the ills of capitalism, right? So in the case of Jay-Z, I think this criticism to me is a bit hypocritical, given the fact that everyone involved in this situation, down from the NFL to Kaepernick to Jay-Z to whomever, all, all these men at the table have one thing in common, wealth, all these men that are involved into this in, in this situation have one thing in common, money, right? So do can we really call Jay-Z a sellout if we don't know where he's actually going to put these where he's going to put the money? Do we have any details on what these social justice initiatives are going to look like? You know, he's done good work before. He has used his platform to speak on certain things that I personally feel like need to be talked about. So I don't necessarily look at it as a negative, but I hear the criticisms and I understand why he's being criticized the way he is because he does have a tendency. We know about the whole history between him and Rock Nation and Rockefeller and, you know, the the people that were supposed to come up with him and that did not. Um, we ha He has a history of looking out for self, right? So, I'm, I'm, but I'm not so fast to call him a sellout in this particular instance because I don't know what he's doing. None of us do, right? So is for me, the question would be, is the result of this new deal going to be more think pieces and donations to various organizations? Or are we going to have actual tangible policy change, policy work? Um, are there going to be more organizations that are going to be created? Are donations going to be made or funds going to be made to, you know, help victims of police brutality or help, you know, uh, social justice reform or whatever the case is? Like, what are these reforms or initiatives are going to look like, right? And then what exactly are we looking for from a celebrity, right? And this is, and this is going to bring me to my third and final point. What are we looking for from these entertainers and sports agents and uh, musicians or whatever you want to say from what are we looking for from them? How are we looking from how are we looking at them and how they use their platform? Right. I posted a video on my uh, my IG page about Malcolm X and he was talking about how in the black community we often use celebrities and entertainers in lieu of um, activists and scholars who are doing the work right who are doing the work on the ground. I mentioned it in my last podcast where Kim Kardashian was able to come in and now she's the face of social justice and prison reform, but it's black women who've been organized, but you know, two black lawyers who have been organizing for years, you know? So on one hand, it's like, yes, I want celebrities to use their platform from what they're supposed to, you know, for these issues. Absolutely. That's a positive. But then on the other hand, I also understand that these celebrities are married to a brand, right? These celebrities are married to a brand. They have a certain image that has to be projected or portrayed in order to keep the money flowing. So it, it's, 
it's one or two things where it's like, okay, we see one side of it, but then there's also an ulterior motive here, right? Don't get it twisted. Jay-Z and Beyonce, the Carters have built an, a multi-billion dollar empire. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with using your platform to speak on what you're supposed to speak on. Um, but I also have to understand that they have, they're using a history of activism to shed light on different social justice issues from police brutality, inequality, um, inadequate housing, um, the importance of leaving a legacy behind. But they're also using their platform because it's in to be woke now. It's in to be Afrocentric. You know, everybody is running a marathon. The marathon continues. Everybody is on that wave and on that mindset. So it's profitable to speak those things. Right. And it's okay to un- to acknowledge that, that it's profitable to speak those things. And because we live in a capitalistic society, we can package it in a certain way and sell it. So is Jay-Z sitting at the table trying to package activism and, and, and woke ideology uh, to sell to the masses? Maybe. Maybe. He just might be doing that. But. The bigger question would be, what are we as a people doing that Jay-Z couldn't do? You know what I mean? What are what kind of framework? What's our study like? Who are we? Who who are we looking to to lead us and guide us? And are we trusting ourselves to understand what we need to do? Because me as an individual, Lauren Owen, I know I'm doing, I feel as though I'm doing work that I believe is going to get us further to black liberation and educating and, and talking about these things and bringing that knowledge to the forefront. That's my part, right? And for other, you know, I know women who are, who are entrepreneurs and they're doing the women empowerment thing and they're reaching out to black women and reaching out to black girls and creating so many initiatives because that's their part, right? So if we're talking about everybody has to do their part with one goal in mind is to raise, lift our people up up from a mighty race, then I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. If this what this means to get people talking and get people to understand that we have work that needs to be done and we might have to be the ones to sit at that table, not just because we have the access to money, but because we're speaking the truth to power, then I'm okay with what's going on. If, it, if, if the result is a tangible, because like I said, I don't know what these social justice initiatives are going to be. I have no, in the halftime Super Bowl show, I mean, what the, we know the NFL is a racist organization, right? Like, I'm a, a diehard, avid Eagles fan, and I've always known the NFL is racist, right? I've always known that that this is what they are. That doesn't really mean anything to me in the terms of freeing people or not freeing people or liberating minds or not liberating minds. What means something to me is that if this conversation, if Jay-Z is sitting at the table with these quote-unquote social justice initiatives that no one knows anything about, then I'd rather just zip my mouth and see what, what's going to happen, Right? So all the criticisms about him being a capitalist, all the criticism about him being, I hear you, and it's valid. Um, but as as I said, with 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 Brittany Packnett said is about bringing protests and policy together, then to bring out a tangible change, right? 
We don't need anyone to create anything for us because a framework already exists. It is about understanding what we value as a people, whether it's materialistic things that we hold over others, or is it the work that we're willing to put in to really see black people get free? We have to always ask ourselves, what are we contributing to this, right? And not always looking to celebrities and sports uh, people and whomever to do the work for us and use their platform because they got the money and means to do so. That's not the way to go about this, right? So, as I said, that was my third and final point. So that's going to wrap up another episode of Akata Girl Chronicles. I want to thank you all for tuning in to yet another episode. And I just want to remind y'all to please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. I'm available on streaming platforms. Hit me up on my social media. And I hope to see you on the other side. Bye.